Because it's like instead of sort of telling you what the language people are talking is, the subtitles literally say talking in foreign. Hello and welcome to the K-League show, the show all about the K-League, South Korea's answer to League Un. If you don't know anything about the K-League or South Korea, you're in good company, as we didn't and arguably still don't know anything about it. My name's Ant, and joining me on this part cultural, part sport, part podcasting, part lockdown adventure are two fine gentlemen. First up, our resident Stato, it's Jim. Hello. <laughs> Lightning reactions there <laughs> from Jim. <laughs> And, and, a man who, and a man who's going to react before I even say his name, it's Arwen! Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> Lovely to see you. Good evening. And Arwen, you've been chatting to a Korean expert this week, haven't you? I have. I've been there getting to the source of the ins and outs of what's going on in Korea the easy way by asking a mate, you know, like in Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? You can call a friend. Yeah, I've been call, a friend. I called a friend. I spoke to my mate Dan, and he just told me everything. Well, not everything, but he certainly like. I just feel. Oh, I just you know like in Matrix, and he's like, I know kung fu. It's like I have a small bit more better a grasp of South Korea than I did. Now this, I I really like this until you sort of said my mate Dan, which just sounds like the kind of thing that happens down the pub when somebody goes, oh, like I need to. Do, oh, my mate Dan does that. Right. So does does Dan live in South Korea? Does he work for a South Korean company? What's what's Dan's uh, what's his qualifications? Uh, that's a very uh, you know what now you ask me about this. <laughs> now, he's as I understand it, he's never been to South Korea. He doesn't know anybody South Korean. Um, when he told me about this it, this is not looking good. No, I hear I hear where you come in with this, <laughs> but I tell you what, he told me uh, basically. It was the late 90s and steps as subservants by skills weren't what they used to be and he was looking for some sort of next generational forward thinking pop fix to take him through into the next, into the noughties and beyond. And that's when he came across K-pop. And so from there on in, he built a deeper relationship with K-pop. And uh, in, in the essence of that, and also being a generally like cool chap, he just knows loads about Korean stuff. Um, and so, well, everything he says... Can I just say, at no point have I ever thought, you know what, Jim, I need to get a deeper relationship with K-pop. <laughs> you do need to get a deeper... Yeah, it's, it's Spice Girls just aren't, aren't doing it anymore. Yeah, it's... Uh, listen, people like pop, and, and, <laughs> and uh, the thing is, just like in K-League, where people are well enthusiastic about it, they're well enthusiastic about K-pop, and he told me loads of stuff... That's why I spoke to Dan. And all I'm saying is, I spoke to Dan, so you can speak to Dan. And I'm sharing. Can't wait. Uh, hello? Who is this? Hi, it's Arwin, mate. It's Arwin. Who? How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, funny guy. Funny guy. Well, out of sight, out of mind. But, um, yeah, been a while, old pal. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad, brother. I'm not too bad. I'm just kind of bored, staring at the walls. I want out. Oh, well, um, well, we're going to entertain you now because it turns out, um, I don't know if you've heard about this, but my friends and I have been recording this uh, football podcast. Um, it's called The K-League Show, and it's all about South Korean sort of football and culture more than anything else. And it, it did strike me that I remembered that you aren't a massive fan, or at least a bit of a fan, of K-pop. Is, is that right? Uh, yes, I am. I'm not a full-fledged stan. 
um, but I'm kind of on my way slowly there. Right, okay. And I, I imagine then, if you are a, a fan of K-pop, then one of the things that must be have got you interested in this is the zaniness and phantasm of uh, South Korean <laughs> culture. Is that correct? Uh, definitely. South, South Korea is... a. Uh, I'm going to say the word oddity in a very nice complimentary way, but South Korea is very interesting because it is the absolute polar opposite of its neighbour, North Korea. So you know, you've got you've got to pick a side, and they seem like the winners to me. So yeah, it does seem like the country that keeps on giving, and we, mm-hmm. we just want to know more. I mean, like we can tell that it's fantastic. We can tell it's magical. I mean, mm-hmm. with regard with regards to the football league, for example, I know you're not uh, disclaimer not a not a big football fan, are you? Mm-hmm. No, not um, really. Although, whenever I play FIFA, I always try to make my local club big, and I always end up having to go to South Korea to get footballers. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, that's where you always have to go. So, uh-huh. they're, they're, yeah, they're, their stats are never very good, but the price is right, so, you know. We used to play the football manager, championship manager, whatever it was, just as uh, Romania were about to join the EU, and you could go over <laughs> there and you could just rinse all the players from Romania because they're just yep. coming through with the work permits. It was fantastic. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, basically... <laughs> <laughs> free trade for the winner. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, okay, well, with... That said, um, as we know, it's um, South Korea is in fact like a op- opposite of uh, North Korea in, in many different ways. We can definitely tell uh, that they are big on culture because they have the things like, uh, for example, the mascot game in South Korea is something mm. else. Um, in fact, most of us here have heavily uh, been influenced by which football club we pick for the season over the fact that they have got amazing mascots. Uh, In fact, I think the mascot league is possibly more important than the actual K-League, although citation needed for all you (laughs) K-League fans fans out there. So what can you tell me? I mean, mean, I just don't even know where to begin. Uh, Let's talk about K-pop. How Mm. long have you been interested in K-pop? I suppose I've been into K-pop for about nine years now or so. Um, I've become very disenfranchised with like sort of western pop and sort of stuff like that and just kind of you know sort of just i was looking for like a replacement to steps and girls allowed basically and (laughs) k-pop was a very good fit and the great thing with k-pop is when like a band you love when they go away and they will go away they'll probably have a comeback and even if they don't an even better group will take its place they're the musical equivalent of a hydra (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> you know? again the gift that keeps giving so Absolutely. so I, I, honestly i'm a bit maybe i'm just getting old but mm. i didn't even know that this k-pop phenomenon had been going on uh, that long i did know about it because mm. um i recently watched uh, trolls world tour don't know if you've seen that mm. great movie and they seem to mm. be the trolls seem to be into k-pop so it's good enough for the trolls it's good enough for me um, mm. but the, the the first i heard of it was um that classic uh, song that hit our uh, shores a few years ago, maybe it was 10 years ago, was it Gangnam Style or something like that? Does that count as K-pop or is that not K-pop? I think for this argument we'll say it is, just because it has a lot of the hallmarks of it. And I think for I think for a few people it kind of sort of mainstreamed K-pop as an actual genre. It made it something people could kind of fathom and something they could work out. Because up until that point, it was quite sort of hipsterish. You had to go out of your way to find it. Whereas now, it's kind of you—you you have to work hard to avoid it. 
Well, I did hear recently in the in the mainstream that there was actually there's a a Korean um, K-pop band, I guess, who've been over to the UK and actually sold out Wembley Stadium amongst other things. But they sing only in Korean, so it's like Mm -hmm. probably uh, that must be one of the first times there's been a a foreign language show sold out in in Wembley, which is presumably testament to Mm -hmm. the success of the thing. Obviously, being maybe I don't want to say that I'm past it. I'm definitely not. I'm just coming (laughs) into it. Just coming into K-pop right now, so mm. the, the golden time. But so let's say that Gangnam Style is not K-pop. Why don't you tell us what is K-pop? Because I, I really don't know. Um, K-pop is basically sort of like a time capsule. It's like it's like what pop music used to be in this country. It's very. Some of the lyrics can be quite depressing if you actually sit down and listen to them, but it's. Very, very catchy beats, really nice sort of dance routines and stuff like that. It's well packaged. It's just it's entertaining. It's fun. It's very, very diverting. Like um, you're not going to sort of get incidences whereby um, sort of stars are like photographed drinking out in town or like, you know, kicking dogs or stuff like that because they'll they'll be dropped from their label very, very quickly. So it's just it's very, very well organized and it's it's very different to sort of what we have on these shores now, whereby sort of it's more in vogue for sort of musicians to not like their audiences or for the audiences to not like them as much. Whereas K pop doesn't seem to have that baggage. There's <sighs> There's no cynicism around it. There should be. There should be lots of cynicism around it because there's plenty of reasons to be cynical. But everyone's kind of like, oh, this is so happy. Oh, bright, shiny stuff. And we kind of lose ourselves in it and we we forget about the cost of it. Everything is awesome, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it reminds me. So basically, from, from the, the sort of thing I'm gathering and what you said earlier, we're, we're sort, I'm mm. sort of feeling like a, like I say, this, this more of a step back to the UK 90s boy band sort of uh, style mm-hmm. where, where, you know, good, clean bands, maybe like the Beatles before they went rogue. And a sort of a culture which yes. is perhaps quite controlled. I don't know. Oh, massively. Massively. Um, one... There's there's like K-pop fans and then there's K K-pop stands and I'm sure even as I'm saying this there will be people like heresy. Um, <laughs> stands is a very interesting one because you know how fans comes from the word fanatic. No yes, one wants um, to be fanatic, but you, you'll you'll gladly say, "Oh yeah, I'm a Star Wars fan." Um, yeah. Stands is a mixture of fanatic and stalker. <laughs> wow. I know, I know. And, it, and, it, and it's an um, actual word? It's Yeah, it's um, it's basically how K-pop um, sort of fans are referred to. It's, I'd say in the West and partly in Korea, it's starting to get a bit of a negative taint to it. It's sort of, you know, it's a word that is getting lumped in with sort of more, more fanatical and stalkerish behaviour. But it just, the nice way of it is just you're very, very into your K-pop. And, you know, the interesting thing about K-pop is like the fans are, they're very, very concerned. They like to know a lot about what's happening. They're quite invested in the performers and in what they're doing as well. Like um, I like to sort of have like K-pop on when I'm like painting my models or something. And I sort of listen to it through YouTube because I'm a boomer. And like you see the amount of people just going through and just watching those videos. It's like their numbers are insane. And it's like a nice, happy, catchy tune. 
and it's like doing numbers at beat Elvis. And it's like wow. <laughs> right. So it's it's like and back in the back in my day, they used to say, you know, like mm. rap is a rap is a genre, but hip hop is a lifestyle. Um, I guess that this mm. sort of K-pop, it, it is, it's a community. It really is a sort of, it's almost like an interactive soap opera, taking advantage of all the, the new media and the involvement you can have with your fans, that kind of thing. Is that right? Uh, definitely. Um, one sort of interesting parallel is how, and again, I'm using the word cynicism, um, when you think of like X Factor and Britain's Got... Uh, quote unquote talent um those shows they have they have numbers but they have a lot of heat in this country and other countries like um when we had um the rage against the machine get the number one against an x-factor song at christmas um but the thing is like the k-pop music it's even more produced um their singers their performers are on strict controlled diets um a lot of them have to like buy their own props and stuff and they're not really paid until they kind of end their career which is like how pop used to be it used to be you get your money when your career's done because then you can spend it on drugs and get fat and stuff hey dan i mean jim wanted to ask you a few questions as well if that's all right um could you describe k-pop to us um because we were struggling uh, uh, for how we would define it when we were chatting earlier it seems to be a real mix of so many different styles and genres from around the world. Is that what Korea's like? Yeah. So they're, you know, they're still a relatively young nation. And so that can, you know, that can bring a lot of sort of different identities to the foreground. And that can create some very, some very unusual reactions to problems as well. Um, but yeah, so K-pop is just, it's a very interesting mix of sort of like electro pop and, it's like it's like even like sort of like the Michael Jackson style dance solos are still very big in it and people seem to react pretty well to them. Um, some people air quotes rap. I don't call talking rap, but hey ho, that's me. But yeah, it's just it's very, very interesting. And um, what's interesting as well is the industries that are set up around it. Like um, there's like there's an one of my favorite things is the archery competitions between groups. They have they, they have they have Olympic competitions between groups. <laughs> Olympic archery. Brilliant. No way. Uh, no, I'm serious, brother. It's amazing. Uh, where's where's that come from? Is, is there is there a link between the K-pop and sports in Korea? Is that quite a common thing? um i think sort of like olympic sport might be a part of it it's just like again it's k-pop is amazing because it's like no matter how deep down the hole you go you feel like you could keep on going and like you know you'd probably never see the light of day again ever but you know you could keep on going so are you more into kind of male boy uh, boy <laughs> bands or kind of female groups mm. uh, um have you got any favorites that you could put mm. us onto um i'm i prefer the female groups to the male groups um i kind of feel like i did my time i i had to go and see take that twice with my sister oh take so that i kind of line. yeah they were pretty good you know but still i kind of feel like i've had my fill of 13 year old girls screaming in my ear so i'm kind of done with that um red velvet are really really awesome um itsy are sort of one i've gotten into very very recently um i think my favorite um group is still orange caramel and it's really sad because just as they were starting to become huge their production company went bankrupt all right so is that how bands break up it sounds more like 
you know something going out of business the production company sort of like they own everything and it it's like sort of like what production companies have become in this country whereby they sort of own all the rights and they basically have everything and sort of the singers are just performers or sort of, you know and, uh, how are groups formed in the in K- kind of k-pop world um are they kind of organic kind of things they just come up through social media or you know soundcloud or somewhere or they they put together or um you know uh, is is it you know how does it work Oh no, they've got a much better way of doing it. Um, they have supergroups. Oh, I love a which super is group. Base, I know um, one of my favourite ones, and I, I don't know if they actually made you watch this. They had like a hundred a hundred contestants singing on these big elaborate sort of light lit up um, triangles, like X Factor meets Room One Hundred One. Yes, yeah, Produce One Hundred One. And what they do is they will take from the hundred. Now do like a a call-in show, they'll have them sing, and they produce it quite, you know, it's quite evocative. And they'll reduce it down to like 12, 20 girls. And then depending on sort of how well friendships bond, depending on how well they test, they will then break those into subgroups. And so what you'll have is they they kind of almost, they have like big groups when they're newer, then they break them down. Um, sometimes they will, um, like with Red Velvet, um, they had like a few songs and then they had a new member join and sort of like the problem with new members joining is the fans can sometimes reject the new members or they can sometimes not really react very, very well to them. So it can be an awkward one, really. But um, they're very, very good at replacing bands. This is why it's like... I, Orange Caramel is still my most favourite K-pop band. Wish they'd come back, but I've got Red Velvet now and I've got Itzy now. And oh, Xed, they're really good. It sounds like and they've got you it, hooked, mate. It does. It's so sad. It's horrible. It's such consumerism. I feel like such a mark. I really do. <laughs> oh, give me the shiny things. Oh, I'm better now. Oh. So, but yeah, it's it's just it's fascinating. Um, oh, have you ever heard of Mukbangs? mukbangs it's like it's that hold on that's um a special regional korean meal in mcdonald's uh you wish brother you wish um because sort of like you've you know the old dave Chappelle thing modern problems um, require modern solutions right um sort of in like korean culture to eat on your own is kind of it's a bit it's not what's done sort of eating is a very social thing however because um parts of korea are getting a lot more western single individual households are becoming very common now right okay because people are becoming quite insular in the west we are quite we keep to ourselves we're we're a community of loners basically and um some very in sort of intrepid uh, vloggers thought oh i know i'll eat my food on camera and i'll make some capitalism off of it wow. so mukbang is like literally i think it's like food cast or food blog or eating blog and so you'll just have like a like a, a sort of a celebrity a celebrity air quotes you'll just have a, a, an eater basically eating a normal meal and oh, they go mm, wow. this is nice oh what about this and so if you're a bit of a loner or you're a bit of an introvert you're a bit shy and a lot of people are this is kind of meeting that need and as we know, if it's worth doing well, America 
it's worth doing grotesquely um i do highly recommend that you have a little stumble down like mukbang lane on youtube mukbang <laughs> mukbang huh? wow so, yeah, mukbang. so and, and is there any particular um celebrity bangers <laughs> that we want to um, look out for i mean celebrity is a strong word i'd say people of note or people of infamy um i my personal favorite just for sheer oh my god is nick acardo avocado um he (laughs) he has the most clickbaity channel ever but it does actually deliver half the time he is just uh, i hope it's performance art Right, wow. I mean, mind blown right now, I'm not going to lie. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Yeah, so it's like America have gotten it and it's kind of become like this very, very quite sad sort of feeding phenomenon where you get people just eating an an awful lot of food. And some of Nick Arcado's videos are funny. He like shaves his hair and starts crying into the camera, aggressively twerking stuff. It's just like, wow. You know, whatever it takes to move those numbers, I guess. Wow. It's, I, I hate the sound of people eating. So, I mean, more power to the people who can endure it. I couldn't. You know, my friend used to go mad if I, because I, you know, I would eat, and I want to eat my, my mouth open. Just, I'd be too noisy for him, and he would go mad. But I suppose this is like the line between uh, pleasure and insanity is often very slim, and and so perhaps one man's uh, madness is another man's youtube subscriptions <laughs> i don't know that's why i hope it's performance art although you know how like people like bang on about how amazing christian bale is because he lost loads of weight and gains loads of muscle this guy three years ago he was a skinny vegan right but like like you know and then since then he's like i think he's the size of me now maybe a bit bigger <laughs> it's like it's it's all gone to his love handles so it's not that he's like particularly overeating in a competitive man versus food style sense he's just doing it so regularly for his viewers in the in the in the pursuit of art that he's becoming perhaps a little bit more uh obese <laughs> than he was Definitely. previously oh yeah um i I, I've I've heard rumor that um, at one point on I think it was either on Insta or something like he would take donations in order to drink shots and stuff, but I know certain places have started to sort of forbade that or disallow that. Um, you can eat yourself to death, that's fine, that's okay, but you know, God forbid you drink alcohol, that's a bad message for the children. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? This is particularly interesting for us, Dan, because. As um, real armchair soccer enthusiasts, which we all are, I don't know if we're using the term mm. soccer there for the international market, but uh, yeah, we. Uh... <laughs> shame, shame. No, but, it's uh, football. Uh, yeah. Football. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> however, I would say perhaps like one of the things we really wanted to get to the bottom of, I know, Ant and Jim particularly interested in this, is like what does the uh, what does the Korean football fan eat at half time and what does he drink at half time? I'm a particular fan of craft beers and and to be honest with you, it was just pure sheer hope. Uh, that there was a fantastic and thriving craft beer community in South Korea waiting to be discovered and mostly tested. However, like you say, it's slightly frowned upon maybe within the culture. So, I mean, snack-wise, it's really great that you've given us this direction because we we can going to tune into these, um, what are they called again, McRibs or something? <laughs> mukbang i know it does sound like it's been patented by mcdonald's uh, yeah you uh, never know though dan you never know oh no it'll be coca-cola and disney 
They've got everything. I, I do <laughs> notice they? a real, um, actually a real similarity between the sort of South Korean cultures and the American culture at the, at this point in our small amount of research. To the extent, for example, they seem to have like a youth policy bringing through the players, the same sort of way they mm-hmm. do through the college football and stuff. Although it's constantly, um, it's the problems are constantly coming up because everybody keeps on having to go off and do national service, which is causing mm. all sorts of troubles to the teams and stuff like that and um, however there is a team which is just made up of the army they're actually actually they're getting relegated this year um i think they've Ooh. nominated to be there's only been one game played of the season but they've nominated themselves to be relegated i think i don't quite understand the the details of this yet i just wonder if that happens with k-pop how do they how is, is the people dropping in and out of the k-pop with national service or are they above the law um i think by the way that things sort of they come in waves like um one big thing is like comeback performances so a group will have like an album drop and they'll sort of perform three or four songs from it and then they'll do another couple and then they'll go away for like three months six months even a year sometimes and then they will come back so that could be a way of sort of getting around it but it's not really? talked about. It's probably be done behind closed doors. Or, I don't know. That's. I mean, it's not yeah. something we, we can look into that's, that. I, I'm curious now. I think actually I will look into that one. Um, it's. See, the thing is, I actually think the history of South Korea is quite fascinating as well, um, because in many ways, um, you know how like with the Berlin Wall, you had East Germany and West Germany, but now you have Germany. Well, South Korea is still South Korea and it is still North Korea. There is still the demilitarized zone. So as a result, you have the sort of North, which is sort of a dictatorship. Um, sort of initially, they sort of they were sort of supported by um, the USSR, but then that broke down. Um, and now they found new allies, whereas South Korea was kind of sort of monitored by the by the United States. So as a result, you've got two sort of proxy nations. And then sort of I think about 10 years after World War Two, you actually had the Korean War, which, again, was very similar to the Vietnam, very similar to Afghanistan for the Russians, whereby you had two superpowers supplying weaponry to two very small nations. And after all the fighting and all the bloodshed, they didn't move a single damn mile. They literally ended where they began. But it's very interesting because in a way, sort of like South Korea is almost like an advertisement of sort of like Western ideals. It's sort of it's a nation. It's a nation of peace. It's a nation of prosperity. But it's also a nation whereby just sort of beneath that very pretty veil, there are things which aren't quite right. And then you're not quite happy with them. But then when you look to the alternative, you think, well, at least I can say I hate K-pop and not get shot. You know, it's... Yeah, very much similar to our our own sort of societies as well, mirrors in in just on the other side of the world, I guess. Hmm, Exactly. It's it's very, very interesting. Um, I mean, I think what will be interesting to see will be how, like, K-pop evolves. Because before K-pop, you used to have J-pop as well. And so J-pop was very, very similar in its way. J-pop never became as big as K-pop. However, that is during the golden age of dial-up. So it was quite a pain in the arse to be able to find stuff. So, and I think with things like the YouTube algorithm and sort of, you know, 
how online people's lives are having to be at the moment, thankfully, um, but how online the world is and how online culture is, it's it's something that just seems to have kind of gripped and it's had quite a long grip now. It doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Um, like sort of in my old job I used to have, I used to work with quite a lot of young people. Um, sort of for a long time, you could see the K-pop influence getting bigger. Um, I suppose one thing as well is kind of like the mainstreaming of things like anime as well. I think that's kind of broken down some barriers. Um, like when I watch it, I like to watch it with the subtitles because I'm a hipster. And so as a result, if I'm watching anime, I, I find it very jarring to hear Western voices. No, I don't so as a result, deal with that too. You know, we've all been watching uh, Korean uh, bits of Korean television and stuff as part of our <laughs> research to assimilate this, the culture. And, and there's nothing <laughs> worse than these Netflix um, where they, um, they're speaking in English. It's like, dude, I just can't deal with it. I mean, at least anime, you know, there's a, almost <laughs> a chance. You know, the, with the lip syncing mm-hmm. and stuff. I, I, I hate to name check my friend um, Blaze. She'd probably kill me for this. But, you know, she's been watching um, a TV series recently called Money Heist. Um, it's on Netflix. Oh, I've started watching that. Okay. Well, she's watching it. She was on um, series three. Um, and, I, mm. and I came around the other day and we were watching it in English. And it was just destroying me. So I was trying not to be. And I was like, I can't listen to it. I can't uh, deal with this. You know, like being in, in English. And she's like, what? <laughs> she, she'd, so watched, she'd watched the three whole series without realising that it was dubbed at all mm-hmm. and to be honest okay we've got all history in broadcasting here so I wish um, mm-hmm. there's um, what is that expression you know um, blessed is he who doesn't know what the hell's going on <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah, it's like my wife, um, when we're watching TV and stuff she's like she likes to fart about on her phone and you know, um, yeah, so then she you doesn't don't notice. pay attention. Yeah, yeah exactly. she doesn't pay attention. I'm watching. I'm like, their emotion doesn't measure up. That's not. That doesn't work. That's confusing. But what but yeah. I have actually found on a sorry on a on the Korean movies on Netflix and stuff because I've obviously like super busy at the moment uh, trying to multitask. Ooh. And I thought, well, it's great. So I could actually get some with Korean uh, like translated into English, and I won't pay attention. But it turns out that on Netflix, most of the ones I'm finding are either subtitles only or they're translated into German and uh, Polish seems to be a huge uh, really? most of them seem to be translated but not very many in actually in English dub so there's mm-hmm. a bit of market there we can get dubbing the South Korean movie market Dan I know you're based in the UK I'm just wondering whether you've got like a group of you know British friends that are into K-pop or if it's very much like just your thing it's a solo pursuit just something that you you do by yourself you don't really do with anybody else i yeah i mean you know i i, I normally hang around in gangs of one anyway so what you say you know? gang one you know what you say did you say gangs of one because that's really interesting because uh the football team that i've chosen to support this season are actually called gang one fc so um ah. and, and the second thing about it is that the reason i've chosen them is because they have the best football kit i've ever seen of any football team in the history of football Right, so I know you're not a football fan, but and we're all, but you've given so much to me today, and me and Ant and Jim. I think if I'm giving something back, I I implore you to ironically support, uh, join me in supporting Gang One FC because you're Gang One, and um, and obviously I'm sure you'll be listening to this podcast through the uh, course of the season. So uh, we look forward to having. I need all the fans we can get. Gang One, we're on, we're on the way up, mate. You know what I mean? And I'm sure there's some great uh, K-pop bands from. Gangwon, we're gonna we're gonna sort them out. So so Gangwon for the win. Just <laughs> just plug in Gangwon there. 
yeah I've, I've got their page open now as we speak um yeah um i i literally think um south korea is just called south korea and north korea is called the republic of okay uh, oh no that's south korea no yeah, the democratic uh, the democratic one. people's republic of korea that's what it says on the newspaper well not that good <laughs> on their website <laughs> i think i mean again is that north is that, that north korea that's north korea yeah the dprk okay, okay. isn't it that's the one that's yeah. the one. um see here's the problem being um if anyone out there um did did anyone play the mercenaries game because that was fantastic um but it's you can definitely tell it's a game from a very bygone era because it's like instead of sort of telling you what the language people are talking is the subtitles literally say talking in foreign oh wow that's amazing. That's- I was like, oh my God, <laughs> lazy. So, yeah, um, but yeah, it's, I've not, see, like, you know, sort of, obviously, I'm fit, I'm projecting a bit here, but um, I've not really actually had any, like, first hand experience with um, peoples of South or North Korea. Um, South Korea is somewhere I'd love to go on a holiday um, oh, oh. at some point. Oh, in all honesty, our co host, go- sorry to cut you off there, very important. Our co host, Ant. Kissed a South South Korean girl at some point in the past, didn't you, Ant? Yeah, and uh, and uh, apparently it was, it was very nice. So, um, <laughs> so sorry, but yeah, I mean, come on over with us. We we the, the, by the end of this podcast, uh, we have a dream, Dan, that we will be over in South Korea before the end of this season, watching some games and enjoying the South Korean uh, culture, hospitality, and lifestyle. So uh, I hope mm-hmm. that you can join us on this trip because we're gonna need we're gonna need a guide who, who knows what's going on. I mean, I have the look of a t- typical weeb, so I've got you covered there. Um, how useful I be is kind of up for debate. What? But yeah, no, that sounds awesome. Uh, sorry, that what's a sounds what's a weeb? Uh, it's like a, it's kind of like a jape basically. It's like a sort of um, like a, a westerner who's really into sort of like Japanese culture. Oh, okay. So, but it's become a bit more of a general term now. So, sort of like anime, manga, that sort of stuff. Okay. Uh, I don't have a body pillow, so I'm not that far gone yet. Well, but still, we're you know. we're all learning. Why Why you mention that? Absolutely. Let's just um, mm. one one more thing here is I was wondering about this. You know, like you mentioned, obviously with North Korea and South Korea, and it reminds mm. me of a paradigm that might not be true, but maybe is very mm. much like uh, in England. You know, for example, uh, when it comes to football rivalries like England is always I'm not uh, for, just for record I'm not English but there you go just just observing mm. that, um, <laughs> that the English are like oh we hate Germany we hate Germany yeah let's beat Germany and all that which they presumably very rarely do um, but it seems that when you go to Germany nobody's even bothered about the English they want to beat France <laughs> and so mm. um, one of the things I've also noticed is is it a question of um it seems there's a real fierce rivalry between Korea and Japan. Um, and as a Welshman, mm. a proud Welshman, I wonder if perhaps is, is Korea in, under under the shadow of, has been under the shadow of uh, Japan? You, you mentioned that J-pop became K-pop and all this sort of thing. Is there any, any mm. anything there that, about the rivalry between those two countries that you care to offer anything on? Uh, well, definitely. Um, a lot of rivalries for countries are normally based, this is in my observation, they're based on either occupation or some kind of very long, bitter feud. Um, so, for example, it's like for, for the Germans, France is more of an immediate sort of thing, really. They've a lot more of their history is to do with France. Um, sort of the, the England is kind of universally sort of, you know, looked down upon by the rest of the United Kingdom. 
you know, so it's one of those things. Um, Japan were kind of like they actually had invaded and had capitulated the Koreans from the Chinese um, during World War Two. And so I'd say part of that rivalry is probably the fact that you know, so you've got to think. So 1945, 70 years, you've still got people knocking around who were alive when they were under the Japanese heel. And like, you know, it's like sort of like when talking to people in general, um, there's always sort of like obviously, yeah, like with football, we're very concerned with the Germans and like, you know, we don't really have many World War Two veterans going to football matches anymore, but we're still very passionate and very, you know, it's like very it's a very big part of our culture. It's a very big part of our identity. And so I think for the Koreans, um, they were like a vassal state of China for quite a long time. And then Japan kind of swung in. And then since then, like the West has kind of sort of given them a way to kind of a way to have that freedom and have that protection. But also as well, you got to think like Japan after World War Two, they sort of they had like a massive economic sort of crisis. And then they were able to come back by manufacturing very sort of, you know, high grade, high tech gadgets and stuff like that. Um, South Korea is now becoming like a cultural exporter as well um even to the point whereby like you know on sort of like commonplace video games it's it's expected to go to places like south korea or romania just to kind of pinch their footballers because the local team you've been given are absolutely dreadful so but it's i think it's just i think it's part of the identity of every single nation i think there there is a country who at some point in your either super recent history or very past history who has either occupied you for a long time or has done something to put your nose out of shape and i'd definitely say um because i'm quite interested in sort of world war Two and stuff like that and i wouldn't I would not have wanted to been in an occupied city with the Japanese at all. So, okay. Uh, so let's just wrap this up. Um, mm-hmm. It's been really, really amazing having you on the show, Dan. And I hope that we get to pick your brains again in the future before the series is over. It's been absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, any um, any brand recommendations? And and do you know anything about the noodles? Do you know anything about anything we should be looking out for? Anything that anything of interest or kitschy that we might discover or should look out for on our channel travels? Um, look into the street food. Look into the street food. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's where we will. It's very interesting. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to looking into the street food. Uh, you look into Gangwon FC. I implore you. I will your, do. I will yeah. do. I've got their Wikipedia page open as I speak. All right. Well, there you go. Absorb yourself in that. You know, I tell you what. Particularly, I'm not. I'm not advertising mm. the other teams because we all know mm. Gangwon is the best. But <laughs> as we said, with the peculiarities of Korean football, there's been a lot mm. of talk this season about Seongnam FC. Um, mm. who are known as the Magpies, and they play mm. in black. Um, and uh, there, there is an incredible fascination with those. And, in fact, if you tune into our show, which was show two, um, mm. then uh, you will hear us talking about some magical facts about um, Seongnam in due course. So maybe don't Google them and wait for the disclosure, uh, which, you ha- which you probably haven't heard from the, from the show before when we were in. But if you haven't, check it out. And, uh, will thanks, do, brother. Thanks very much. Really appreciate having you on the show. And uh, do you know how to say goodbye in Korea? Uh, oh, God. I'm, no. No, I was, I was no. really thick with languages when I was in school. And, and you're supposed to know this stuff by now. What's, the, what's that? What is it? Bye, Dan. Uh, 
Uh, he hasn't even worked out yet. He's got hello, though, and how do you do? So we're making progress. Great. I've just tried to Google it, and it's got the Korean for buy. That's okay. so useful. Absolutely. <sighs> <laughs> Onwards and upwards, Dan. Thanks very much. We'll speak to you soon. Speak to you soon, brother. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for today. Uh, thanks to our very special guest, Dan Purcell, and of course, Arwin and Jim for helping me and throughout this. If you'd like to get involved and educate us, or even just get in touch with us about something we got right, didn't get right, or could just do better, uh, you can do that via social media at KLeague Show, or email us directly. It's show at gmail.com. One more thing, you made it all the way to the end of the show. Thank you very much. That kind of suggests either that you really liked us or you couldn't find the off button either way now that you got this far it would be really great if you could leave us a review in whatever app that you're listening especially if you can give us a nice big five star one that will really help other people find this show as well plus also retweet what we're doing and join our facebook group all the links are in the show notes have a great week